and we are live. Welcome to Game Breakers, everyone. You're a guy, Edwin, back again on a Friday, Friday afternoon. Yo, I told you guys, you deserve a drink because we have finally made it to the end of the week. Yo, the weekend is here. You guys did it. My guys, yo, I'm so glad to also announce that for this episode, you know I got to bring my guy back on the show, my guy, Chris J. Yo, what is going on, bro? Man, what's good with you, man? You know, it's Friday, man. Friday, the weekend, the playoffs about to resume tonight. So what a time to be alive, my guy. What a time to be alive. Yo, yo, you definitely right with that. Yeah, every time Friday comes around, I always tell the people that they deserve a drink. You know, you deserve a, a long sip of whatever you sip. I'm not encouraging anything. I'm just saying, you know, it's a long week. You made it through and you get a drink. What do you say about that, bro? I agree, man. A drink of some wine or whatever you want, some henny, some some Syrah, whatever you need, vodka, whatever. Sometimes you need a drink to just to take things off your chest and just relax and chill sometimes, man. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Yo, Chris J, I have to ask you really quick before we start. Have you been watching any hockey playoff this this year or no? I haven't really been watching the hockey playoffs like that, but I've seen like highlights and stuff. Uh, I think the, I think the Pittsburgh Pelicans in. I think Penguins, some team, yeah. your Penguins, Penguins. Yeah, man, I've been seeing some some of the highlights of hard hits and, and whatnot. But uh, crazy thing now, Eddie. I went to a hockey game late last year. You did? I went to the yeah, I did. Uh, when I was standing in Tampa, I went to the Tampa Bay Lightning game versus the it's some hockey team in New York. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, New York Rangers. So I went to the um, New York Rangers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Man, my first time going to a hockey game in my life. I ain't going to lie. Hockey wear is set as far as going to the games. Really? It's just it's crazy, man. Like, just that atmosphere. Seeing the, the, the players fighting each other. And, like, when I went, it was like five or six fights. Soon as the game started, it was a fight. It was multiple fights. That was probably one of the craziest, funniest experiences I've been into in my life. Whoa. My cousin took me there to, for like a little birthday gift. He took me there, Tampa Bay Lightning, and downtown Tampa. It's cold inside there at hockey, but it's uh, it's definitely worth it. Okay, all right. I know, I know, it's really cold at, at in there. Like seriously, I've been to, I didn't, I, I've been to a hockey game, but it was like high school game while I was trying to film and I was trying to get my feet wet with sports and everything but it was it you know definitely right it is cold in there it is really cold in there my goodness I don't know how they be doing it sometimes but it is what it is bro that's that's fun though I'm not gonna lie going to a hockey game I've never been there before to a real atmosphere so I would definitely want to go there one day yeah man it's fun I, I'm gonna definitely go back to a hockey game probably next season you know you know definitely gotta check it out and see what's up with the hockey, man. Cause this be it's it's good, but at the same time it's funny. You be laughing like these guys fighting, all this and then the third. So it's it's kind of a great vibe to be in. All right, great, great. Yo, note to self for everyone listening. Get inside for a hockey game. Yo, hockey is my sport now because I bet on it nowadays. But I'm just saying, I've never been there before. If you've never been there before, you gotta get inside and see what it's like. According to my guy Chris J, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. Yo, so let's let's start off with actually some football. You know, I saw a post this morning about Jalen Hurts and whether or not there's pressure on Jalen Hurts to deliver because of the trade of AJ Brown. So I want to ask you, Chris J, do you believe there's more pressure on him? Because you know, last year they had they gave him this quote unquote one year audition to become the QB for the team. 
he kind of excelled in that. He took him to the playoffs. He balled out in a way. But now that they added A.J. Brown into the fold, do you think there's more pressure or do you think he still needs more time to develop and become that true uh, passer that they want him to be? I think it's some pressure uh, to a degree because I would say this, you know, it's been the league. This should be his third year. Last year was his first year starting. And now you have A.J. Green, who's the top-tier receiver. He's not top five, but I would say he's definitely top ten-ish going along with Devontae Adams. And so I would say having those weapons and going to that division that's not very strong, the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys, the Commanders, and the Giants, I feel like it's pressure to a degree because you can argue that the Philadelphia Eagles, they can win that division. Because the Cowboys, they're the Cowboys. is always a question mark for them. As far as the Giants, they still have Danny Dimes, who's not very good in my opinion. And the Giants did not give him an extension, thank God, because he's not worth it. And then um, you have the Commanders. You got Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz has not been the same player since 2017, since the injury, as far as the ACL. And now... Really, it's really a race between the Eagles and Cowboys, in my opinion, because because far as just the quarterback play, because I do think right now, Jalen Hurts, he's better than Carson Wentz, because Carson Wentz has shown you the past couple of seasons, he's not that guy. And then Daniel Jones, he's Daniel Jones. He played football at Duke. Come on, he's not that guy. So I think it's pressure to a degree, but I would say even if, if he doesn't play great this year, he still could have enough time to develop next year. I think you got to give him three, four seasons. And so if he don't get this good in three, four seasons, then you'll figure out, hey, he's not the guy. But I'll give her the chance still. Okay. All right. I mean, the Eagles did some great work this offseason, at least in the draft perspective of drafting, you know, uh, Devontae. Uh, I'm, I'm Jordan Davis, sorry, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean as well, too, who fell in the third round and also trading for AJ Brown, too. So he has weapons. He had a weapon last year in Devonta Smith. Um, so you can see exactly the team is starting to form. They have a nice offensive line, a running back crew that is pretty much okay. It's not the best, but it's okay enough. And he always has that dual threat option that he could run. He can create plays with his legs. So, and ultimately, they, they have a team that is. Like you said, built to compete for the division and actually win the division this year. And you look at that team, I think it goes as far as Jalen Hurts goes. I mean, if he struggles, this team will struggle a lot, right? Because he's the missing piece or he's the glue that will hold everything together. Wouldn't you agree? I agree, man, because he's a quarterback. You know, being the quarterback, that's the most important position in football or in sports. He's the anchor, the general. He's the lead dog. So he, he has... To his troops have to follow him. So wherever he goes, though the team goes. So Hurts drowns, the team drowns. And I will say this though, um, now if he don't play good this year, the Eagles may have some interest in trading him or drafting a quarterback next year, just depending on their record. Because next year's draft, you got some big head shows coming out out of college. So Hurts needs to have a good year this year. At least progress. Take that next step. Not saying he had to be Peyton Manning or be just this crazy, crazy quarterback. But you got to elevate, go higher and higher and higher. And hopefully he progresses because I think Hurts, he's a great athlete. But his issue is he's not a great thrower of the football. So if he can improve his throwing and you have a receiver there to help you, 
that should help him to a degree. Okay, all right, and you know that that big step is going to be important for Hertz because last year he did a great job, I would say, and the team found its identity early on, or actually in the middle of the season where they started being more physical in the trenches. They started running the ball more. They went into this whole shell of being one of the hottest teams in running the football last year and playing some good defense as well too, and uh, in, in some spurts. But ultimately, I guess the biggest step would be for him to once again be a better pocket passer um, and also compete for the playoffs once again. You know, you want to make sure that you have that relevancy heading on into the postseason and competing for meaningful games. So A.J. Brown coming to that team will definitely be a boost for them. But we'll see what happens. What is your prediction for record-wise for them next season? I think last year they finished 9-8. and eight. Um, What do you see them finishing this year? It just really depends on their schedule. I don't think the schedule came out yet. It may come out later this month sometime. But really depends on their schedule. But I do think in that division, they can possibly, you know, they got the Giants twice. You got the Commanders twice. You got the Cowboys twice. I could see them going on in that division, maybe going four and two or three in the division alone. Mm -hmm. But as far as their record overall, it just depends on their schedule. Um, I think... Depends how Jalen Hurts plays. They make him win maybe about nine or ten games. I would say nine or ten games, ten games max. So, ten when I was seventeen games, so ten and seven, um, something like that. But I do think they could be a good playoff team because of how they match up with certain teams to a degree. But I think the max is ten and seven, eleven and six. But I would say ten and seven. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. That would be a one-game improvement from last year. All right. Let's change gears and talk about some basketball. Basketball playoffs is still in full effect. Tonight we got the Heat and the Ra- and the, sorry, the Heat and 76ers. And uh, also, I believe the Suns and Mavs tonight. But we're going to talk about that later. Chris J., what have you seen from this Bucks and Celtics series so far? Tied at one-on-one apiece, going back to Milwaukee. And... You know, the first game we saw a more physical team in the Bucks. Second game we saw a whole different team from the Bucks, and the Celtics being more physical. Um, who do you see taking Game Three, and what have you seen so far as to who looks the most likely as to win the series? I think right now uh, it's kind of a toss-up because the first game you seen how Boston came out. They came out lackadaisical, not aggressive. Came out just they showed up, but they ain't gonna play. And in Game One, the Bucks just. Put them like sent a message to them. They came out to play very aggressive. Giannis dominated, made plays happen. Um, they made jump shots on the perimeter, made defensive plays, block shots, rebounds, steals, played a physical game all around. But in game two, you seen the Celtics, what they did, they kind of kind of woke up. They came out very aggressive, made shots. They contained Giannis. The past two games, they contained Giannis. Like he hasn't been Giannis. He still had a big impact for the defense. And, as far as playmaking ability, but as far as his scoring ability, just getting to the rim downhill and dunking on people, they kind of contain that. And so going to game three, I think Giannis will have a great game because he knows for them to win this series, he has to be great because Chris Middleton is not there. He's hurt, and he's not playing the series. So I think in game three, the Bucks will win game three. Because I think Giannis will know what he has to do. And role players play better at home too. But I do think they will go back to Boston 2-2. Because I do think the Boston Celtics, they will steal a game in Milwaukee. And I picked Boston in seven. Because what I seen with they done to Brooklyn. They swept them. And how Tatum looked. 
Brown look. This defense is something special to watch. And then Marcus Smart probably will play game three or four. He'll be back, and he'll make something happen. So I think the Boston Celtics, um, they'll split in Milwaukee. But I do think in game three, Giannis will put his fingerprints on this game. I mean, 30-something points, very efficient. Block shots, rebounds, and doing what Giannis always does. Being the most dominant player in all the National Basketball Association. You know, it's funny when you talk about Giannis because we saw in game one that Giannis played kind of poor, but he got into the game other ways, right? He was rebounding the ball. He was assisting. He had a triple-double that game. He shot poorly, but he was able to still say that, you know, he missed a couple of easy ones, and we could see a much better performance in game two. Game two comes, he plays putrid. He plays worse than he did in game one. So I would want to believe that he would play better in game three, especially since he's home right now, and especially since – you know, he has to win this game automatically. Like, you can't go down in the series 2-1 in Milwaukee. You know, that's not what you should be doing at the time of the postseason. But I just don't know, to be honest. Like, I don't know exactly what we're going to get from Giannis. We saw a poor Giannis in game one, and we saw a 2019 Giannis in game two, which is what he was just making bad shots, taking bad shots, um, and mostly just being over-aggressive and playing too fast at times. And I wonder about the Celtics, that you said that you could pick them a seven. I also did pick them a seven, too. But what we've seen so far in the past two games is them really having those open three looks from the perimeter. And I wonder if they can continue doing that for three more games to win the series. I don't know if I can see them doing that because you look at the shots they got, they were still being contested. They were still playing some good defense against the three-pointers of the Celtics. But can they do that for another three games, Chris Day? Like, I don't know they can do that. Um, you know, Boston, they're a streaky shooting team. I don't think they're a great three-point shooting team far as just like Golden State or somebody. But I do think uh, they can win in different ways in defense. Defense winning championships. And I think they can defend. Now, I can say this. The Bucks are the champs. The champs, they are the champs. They are the best team until somebody knocks them off. I don't care if Middleton there or not. They have respect, and they will go out swinging. And so I wouldn't be shocked if Milwaukee win this series in six or seven games because they are the champs. They have the most dominant player and the best player in all the NBA in the Greek Freak. So I wouldn't be surprised. But I just believe um, the absence of Chris Middleton will show eventually because he's their best. Mm. He's their best go-get-a-bucket guy. I love Giannis. But far as getting a bucket when it's needed, Chris Middleton, he is that guy for that basketball team. Last year in the finals, we've seen versus the Suns, the, the Nets, the Hawks. When you needed a bucket, Chris Middleton got a bucket, made clutch shots. He took over the game some games as far as in the finals. One game, he dropped 40. He went off. And so not having that guy, when everything else fails, go get a bucket. Because Giannis, he, he, he's a great all-around player, but but at the same time, his offensive game is still to a degree limited because he can't really just get a shot like KD, like like a Kawhi Leonard, like a Tatum. He even though he's the most dominant player in all the league, as far as right now, he's still limited to certain areas of his game. He must improve, and he will improve. But I think Chris Middleton, that absence will show eventually around. Game five, game six, game seven. It will show eventually of his absence. Okay. All right. So 
we're picking the Bucks to win game three. I also have the Bucks winning game three as well too. But I mean, we'll see exactly if other players will step up around them. Like you said before, both players should be able to play much better at home. Um, that's usually the case in the playoffs anyway. But uh, I'm trying to see exactly what kind of Giannis will we get. Will we see the Giannis that we've been seeing in the Chicago series, not even the, the Boston series, in the Chicago series? He was playing dominant and efficient. Or will we see what more like he's been playing since the series started against Boston? Time will tell. Time will tell. Moving on, Golden State and obviously the Memphis Grizzlies tied a piece at 1-1 also heading back to Golden State. Chris J, you know, it's funny because Grizzlies needed to win that game, which they did in game two. But I just feel so, so, I don't, I don't, I don't understand exactly how they're not doing the basics right. And I, I don't really have any hope in this Grizzlies team because of them not doing the basics right. And to have performances from Steph Curry and Klay Thompson the way they did in games one and two, and to only win that one game in game one and to barely lose in game two, like, do you have any hope that the Grizzlies can actually win the series? They can win the series, but they're not going to win the series, in my opinion, because <laughs> I've watched games one and two, and, like, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson, games one and two. Game one, he played okay, made a big shot to the lead late. Game two, he played like trash. Two, two for 12 and three, played awful. And, like, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, like, they're missing wide-open jumpers. Wide open threes like practice shots, and they're not hitting them like to a degree that we're accustomed to seeing. So I think when they're home, they're going to make shots. And then Steph Curry has not yet put up a 30-point game in this series yet. That's coming. Game three, tomorrow, that will end. Mm. Steph Curry dropped 30-plus, very efficient. And then the emergence of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, he is a star among our eyes. And to be honest with the Grizzlies, they're too relying on Ja Morant, in my opinion, because basically Ja had to drop about 40 every single game for him to win or a chance at winning. And eventually I feel like Ja's going to run out of gas and get tired because he had to score about 40 every single game. Game one, 34 points. Game two, 47 points. He's putting up great numbers. But someone else has to come along. Of course, in game one, Jared Jackson had the game of his life. Mm -hmm. Let's be real here, Eddie. Jared Jackson, for this series, he is not going to score 36 points again this series. That's dead. He had the game of his life, game one. Game two, it didn't happen. Game three won't happen. Game four, five, six, or seven, it will not happen. So, and then with Dylan Brooks, he's out game three. Golden State, take advantage of that. Their best defender is not playing game three for that suspension on Gary Payton II. A dirty play, in my opinion. But this, take advantage of it. But I feel like the Grizzlies, they're great, but they're still young. And they got to figure out these things. Golden State, they're a championship team. So I think with Steph Curry, he'll play better. Klay Thompson to make shots. And Jordan Poole keep doing what he always doing. And Golden State stays up to this series, they'll take this series in six games, in my opinion, because I'm confident that Golden State, they'll defend home court. And then they'll go back to Memphis up 3-1, up 3-1. And they'll put the pressure on the Grizzlies, the pressure. And they'll show why that championship pedigree matters in the playoffs. Yeah, it's funny because you look at Klay Thompson, like you said before, and Steph Curry getting wide open looks from the three. And it's not like... The Grizzlies are playing some great perimeter defense that is 
chasing them off the three. They're getting wide open looks. So to have them get those open looks in game three and to not make them, that's back to back to back three lucky games so far. I'm assuming the game would be close if they do if they do miss those shots. But back to back to back three lucky games that we'll see that the Grizzlies have encountered so far in this series because of what we are used to seeing from Steph Curry and Clay Thompson as well too. So like you mentioned before, Dylan Brooks who has been playing trash this series. And, you know, in my opinion, has been playing trash overall this whole entire postseason. He will not be there game three. Should be more minutes for guys like Zaire Williams and Anthony Melton and those kind of guys who have been playing some great basketball for them off the bench. But I just wonder, man, if you can't rebound the ball effectively and you can't score on the paint, then how are you going to win this series against the Golden State Warriors? I don't understand how it's going to be possible, to be honest. And I told people this, man. Jaron Jackson, like you said before, the 26 points, 36 points, whatever he scored in game one, that you're going to expect him to shoot six threes in a game to win? I mean, he could shoot. He has the green light. But to make six three-pointers in a game again, I don't know about that. I don't know if you could sustain John Morant dropping 47 points and winning games. I don't know about that either. So no, I agree. It, it's not sustainable because I feel like and then with Golden State too, watching game one and two, it's like somebody got to take the challenge and guarding John Morant. And to me personally, the guy was Gary Payton second because he could match his, his athleticism. Mm-hmm. But to me personally, I feel like the guy that could make him maybe make him feel some work to a degree more would be Andrew Wiggins. He's six eight, six nine. He has a lot of length, and he can he can like contest his shot. I feel like Wiggins the guy because I ain't putting stealth on him because. That could tire stuff out. Clay is Clay is coming back to form, but he's still trying to get better defensively. Mm-hmm. Draymond is Draymond. He, he can stay, but Draymond guards one through five. I feel like the perfect guy would be Andrew Wiggins, be on him more, or put someone like a um a Kaminga, someone who's yes he's young, he's nineteen, yes, but he's six eight, six nine, and very athletic. So maybe he can try. To stay in front of him, but Ja's so crafty with the ball. He's so athletic. You can't stop Ja. Ja gonna get his points regardless. But make him work and make him be more inefficient. Ja's been efficient in scoring the basketball. That's dangerous. Golden State, make him shoot about 30 shots and make like 11 for 30. Be inefficient. Make him work. Make him uncomfortable. Because right now, he's just going to the paint, doing what he wants to do. You have to make Ja work. You have to make them work. And somebody had to take that challenge. And then, and this too, Steph Curry. You are Steph Curry, bro. Match Ja. Ja get 30, you get 30. Simple. Match him. Make your shots. You are the greatest shooter of all time. Yes, you are. But I will say this about Steph Curry. I love Steph. He's the greatest shooter of all time. But he's not the greatest clutch shooter of all time. In clutch moments, we've seen it so many times. He misses any more than he makes. He misses it. Open shots. Can't hit him. He'll hit. When that fourth quarter comes, he can't hit him. I'm like, Steph, open shots. Can't hit him. You got to be the greatest shooter in big moments, too, like in the fourth quarter. Steph, Steph has made big shots, yes. But in the postseason, in the playoffs, fourth quarter, he has to make shots because he's going to get open shots. Can you hit him, Steph? Can you hit them? We shall see. Oof. That's, a, that's, a, that's a hard take right there, man. By Steph Curry. <laughs> that's a hard take. Gotta be honest, man. 
he has to hit him. Game one, he missed him. Game two, he missed most of them. You got to hit him. All that shimmying. How about you shimmying their fourth quarter? Make them shots. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And and going back to, to John Morant, right? There's obviously no one that can guard John Morant at all. On, on that team at all. You put Jonathan Kaminga on him. You put Jordan Poole on him. They're going to get burnt and toasted. I wouldn't even put Jordan Poole's on him. Jordan Poole, like, don't even put him on him. Like, don't even like, put him on him. Don't even put him on him. I don't even put him on him because you need Jordan Poole's offense. And, and me personally, like, the guy that can do that, that was Gary Payton second because he's more defensive than scoring. And you got you got Andrew Wiggins because he's long and got length and Kaminga. I feel like game three, Steve Kerr is going to maybe start Kaminga, start somebody young. Because you got to just – because mainly a good job is guard John Morant. Guard on full court. Guard on full court. Somebody with, with a lot of energy. And I feel like the guy that's athletic with a ton of energy is Kaminga. Because, like, me personally. Because, like, I don't want to put Steph on him. Steph, yeah, Steph can guard him to a degree or try to guard him. But Josh still gonna get his point because Josh is well, a, a rising star among our eyes. He's Josh, and these playoffs, he's this series, he's been great so far. But I just don't think the Golden State Warriors keep missing open, wide open practice shots. You gotta hit them, bro. They're open, hit them. Hey, and also there's no Pat Bev to shut John Morant down in the game. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Man, I seen that tweet you put on Twitter. He has said, uh. John Morant, uh, he didn't score 47 points on us. He didn't. He, he didn't, did but they home sitting there watching the game like me and you. That's a fact. I'm just saying. That's a fact. And also, I'm kind of nervous, too, about John Morant because at least so far this postseason, he has been atrocious in road games. Like he plays so good at home games, but we need you for the big moments when your back is against the wall and you don't have no crowd behind you cheering on your name. And, you know, the only supporter there is your dad probably just coming to the games. But he's been poor in a road game. He's been poor. So who do you see as the X factor for the Grizzlies in this road games in games three and four? Because Desmond Bann has been atrocious, too. He's been terrible this series. Well, the guy, as you just said, what the guy finna say, Desmond Bain. He has to be the guy. I heard he has lower back issues right now, so we're not 100%. But Desmond Bain, like, think about that series with the Timberwolves. He was great. He was their best player. Yep. So I feel like Bain has to be that guy and um, because he can score offensively and he can play defense to a degree. He's big, he's athletic, he's strong. He's, he And he has to make shots because he's going to get open shots. He just can't even make them. You yep. know, him... And I would say um, Jared Jackson. And one of Jared Jackson's problems is he's always in fire trouble. Because right. it feels like every game he's played, he fouled out, it seemed like. He, like, he got five, six fouls. I'm like, dude, why you fouled so much? Like, he fouled out last game. Last year he fouled out. Like, it seemed like every game, he always in fire trouble. I'm like, bro, can you please give me a game or two that you're not in fire trouble, bro? Because you're not hurting the team on the bench. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm just saying he's always in foul trouble every game. And if Jared Jackson, I, I like his game, but one thing about him that picks that kind of ticks me off sometimes, he shoots threes too much, bro. I understand you can shoot threes, but sometimes go to that block, post up, and get you a, get you a post up game. That's something he he got to add to his game. 
a consistent low post game and put a move on you, mid-range, turn around, fade away, left side, right side, he has to add it to his arsenal because he did because right now he doesn't have a mid-range game. He gets shoot threes and dunks. That's mm. it, all he do. If he can get you a mid-range game and give you some good post moves or a turnaround fadeaway consistently, 10 to 15 feet, he'll be a whole lot better than what he is now. And right now, he's good, but he'll be even better. Mm. Ironically, the guy who leads the league in blocks this season is always in foul trouble. It's so funny that you mentioned that. But I also do agree with you uh, to a degree about his game. You know, when it comes to... Yeah, he could shoot threes. He could he could be that spacer as a big man. But you have Andrew Wiggins guarding you, bro. You got Wiggins guarding you. You got to get inside that paint. To be honest, maybe aside from Draymond Green, who would be he's going to be focused on? I guess their center, or you know, either Tillman or hopefully Stephen Adams when he comes back. But to be honest, there's no guy on that roster from Golden State that can stop Jaron Jackson one on one in the paint. So I don't know why we don't see more looks of him posting up and, you know, actually getting the bucket inside the paint. These short hooks, you know, backing this man down. You know, Andrew Wiggins can't hold that, I'll be saying the same thing, bro, but he just don't do it. It's like he just so content with shooting threes and, like, bro, if he really had that that dog mindset of dude going to paint, Jaron Jackson could be averaging about 30 points this series because no one can stop him in there. Like, because they either it's this. Either it's a foul Going to the free throw line, or like you get a good shot, like like he'll get it, uh, go he'll get awarded in foul trouble, and he'll just dominate inside the paint, and then sometimes come out and shoot that three, but don't just shoot the three all the time, like yes you know he gonna either do a dunk on fast break or shoot a three, like like bro add to his arsenal because he got so many mismatches, but the problem is this probably why he don't really go to the post much. Because he stay in foul trouble, and so that's probably why one reason why he doesn't stay in the post because he probably doesn't want to get a foul, and so sometimes he just shoots through the whole game. But he's very athletic, but he has to just kill those mismatches. But it's crazy though this series, Golden State has out rebounded the the Grizzlies in both games. They've out rebounded them both games. It's like y'all a bigger team, and Golden State still out rebounding y'all. That should not happen. Like, I'm sorry, that should not happen at all it should not happen and because of guys like jaron jackson who wants to camp out at the three-point line at least in these two games that's the reason why you're going to get these long rebounds and it's basically a matter of who wants it more you're not going to get these these chances of of getting a closer rebound to the rim because you're not posting up with anybody you know like i i hate the fact that they're letting golden state out rebound them when that's not their strength that's not the strength at all to be honest and they're dominating in the paint too they're outscoring the grizzlies in the paint another part of the game that's not their strength and yet it's like you know they're getting lucky because Golden State happens to be missing these open looks from the three and we're saying to ourselves you know what the Grizzlies are actually they have a chance no they don't and if you're going to continue to let these things happen you don't have a chance against this team because eventually those shots are going to drop and when I those agree. shots drop I'm going to be like I'm and then they're I'm home they're home so they're I expect Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and Jordan Poole and role players to make threes at home. And I'm going to say this too, man. Um, You know, I feel like with Golden State, what they have with, 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 uh, 
with uh, Gary Payton the second, I feel like that's going to give them a, a fuel, you know, to even win this game. You know, cause if I'm going to state now, they have home court now. They done their job. They went on the road and stole the game. So basically, Memphis got to win and go in the state now. So I, I'm going to state. We defend home and don't lose a home game. We won the series. So we don't have to win the series in Memphis no more. Now, of course, if Memphis wins a game th- a three or four, Golden State got to win Memphis again. Yeah. But if I'm Golden State, protect home and do what we got to do and, and end this series in five or six games. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal right there, to be honest. So we'll see what happens. But we're both calling Golden State to win game three. Yes, man, game three. And I have Steph Curry. Steph Curry um, and and Clay Thompson combining for fifty plus in Game Three. I think Curry gonna drop at least thirty, and Clay gonna drop at least twenty plus on some good threes. Very efficient, both players. Okay, okay. I just can't give my prediction yet for Game Four because I have to see exactly how Memphis. Yeah, I gotta see how Game Three turns out. But um, I think you know, well, I feel like the Tim. I mean, the Grizzlies. They'll be more. Game four will be better for them because they'll have Brooks back, and he's their best defender on Steph Curry. But I do feel like um, game three, Golden State got to win game three. You can't lose game three. You have to win game three. You cannot lose game three because if you lose game three, they getting Brooks back, they're going to be confident. They're going to be confident. Go, oh, oh, we, got, we, got, we got Brooks back. You have Golden State, game three is a must win. You can't lose game three. You have to win it. Yep. Yep. All right, so let, let's change gears here. Let's talk about the Miami Heat and the 76ers. Going back to Philadelphia, up 2-0. My team is looking really good right now. But there is some multiple talks and reports about Joel Embiid and whether or not he's going to be available for this series, at least in Game 3. Reported that he was now out, and now it's reports that he's going to be doubtful for the game. You know, there's reports that he's going to be optimistic to play the game. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. But looking at what this series has materialized into so far, and going back into Philly, what do you see from Miami Heat going into this game? If I'm a Miami Heat, to be honest, I'm. It's like this: they should have that Jason mindset, a Michael Myers, whatever Halloween. They should have that mindset to kill, kill, kill. Meaning this: you up 2-0 in the series, going back to Philadelphia. Joel Embiid, if he does play Game Three. He will be rusty because he'll be trying to cover that face, wearing a mask. He won't be very efficient. I feel like in game three, you have to have the Jason Michael Myers mindset. Kill. Kill. Kill them. Take them out now. Because because if they lose, win game three, I don't care about game four. You got to come back to Miami for game five. If we lose game four, okay, great. Going back to the crib and closing in Miami. Game three, if I'm the Miami Heat, come with that mindset. We finna end these guys now. We about to take their hearts tonight. If Embiid plays or not. And if he does play, great. But I promise you this. He'll be very optimistic about getting hit in that face. He'll be thinking about it. Like, I don't want to get slapped in the face. Like, somebody tapped my eye. Damn what? He probably wearing a mask. And I don't expect him to be yourself yet. Give him a game or two. So if I'm Miami, you have him on the ropes. How how Butler's playing, Tyler Hero's playing. He's playing like he's playing he's playing like their most important player right now. Hero, you have um, 
Oladipo, Bam out of Bayou. And then they should, if I'm Kyle Lowry, why well, play this series? Y'all win this series regardless. Just rest that hamstring and play versus the Bucks or the Celtics because they're going to need Kyle Lowry versus the Celtics or Bucks. You, they'll need Lowry then. This series in the B's absence, you ain't really got to push to have Lowry this series. Just, just rest that hamstring. Round three, you're going to need Lowry for that series. But the Heat, they're in a great place right now. But game three, you have to have that Jason mindset. Kill, 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 and win. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. 100%. You know, it's funny because you look at what we've, what we've done so far in the series and we say that we've done our job. No, we haven't. Not just yet. It's not done yet because the job is to get game three. In my opinion, we have to get game three. Game three is the must win for me because we took care of business at home against the Sixers, right? Come to game three. Like you said, with other, whatever if Joel Embiid plays or not, we need to come out here with a mentality to end the series right here and there because it's it's proven that so far their squad depth is not able to contend with our squad depth. Their players, you know, James Harden hasn't been playing the best this season, this postseason, um, and as well as Terrence Maxey is going to be a problem, but he can't do it by himself, right? And looking at Joel Embiid, if he does come back, if Kalari does come back, there's still going to be that rusty factor in their games that you're going to see happen. That's going to slow down the, the momentum and the tempo of the game. Uh, so I need to see my team come out with some energy tonight. Really, some energy tonight. And I need to see us play some heat basketball, play physical, play ferocious, play at our pace. Because we don't want to see them make a couple of shots here and there and then get the crowd going. Then you become confident. If Joel Embiid's playing in that game, surprisingly, if he plays in that game, then become more confident that we have a chance. And somehow, some way, if they end up winning game three, now it's like they have a chance to get back into the series. Game four is a crucial moment. And I felt the same way against the Hawks where we let go of that game three, off that Trey Young uh, game winner. And now I'm thinking to myself, you know what? They have some chances to come back into the series. Good thing we had a good response in game four to end it, pretty much. But for game three here, we need to come out with a lot of intensity and energy to make sure that we put the series to bed because I don't want to see the likes of them having some momentum and hope, especially if Joel Embiid is clear to play that game. Because the reason why I feel like tonight, game three, they should go like try to kind of kill them guys tonight because if they lose game three, Joel Embiid not himself fully, but he's he's trying to get his rhythm back. Game four, he's gonna be more confident, mm -hmm. more confident because he at game three, he didn't play very well, but still won the game. But he come back game four. Okay, we got some momentum now. He's going to come try to come and be Joel Embiid then. But if you win tonight, I don't care if Embiid plays or not. They're not beating the Heat team four straight games. That ain't going to happen. It, yep. It's not going to happen. Like, if they go down 0-3, you're not, much, you're not beating the Heat four games, four, game four or five, six, and seven. That's not happening. Then they have home court. That's not going to happen. So, Miami... Take their heart out tonight. And then you know James Harden is not going to show up in the playoffs because he's allergic to the playoffs of playing great. It's not going to happen. He's allergic, allergic to it. He's allergic to it. He's allergic to it. He can't do it. He ain't the same player. Sleep slow down. Can't get by players. Can't create separation. 
And I'm saying this, all that partying with little baby has come back to hunt you because you're not in the gym working on your game. Not saying you can't party with little baby, but at least when you party with little baby, be at the gym working out instead of always partying, eating all the darn time. That's just embarrassing. You see, out of shape, don't take care of his body. You see players like Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, all these older players, Chris Paul, 37. They're playing great still. Why? Because they take care of their bodies. They eat right. All hard to do is party, little baby, traveling, party, 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 show the training account. Out of shape and fat. Don't take care of his body. So, now he's showing up. He does not play great in the playoffs. Even when he was James Harden in Houston, he's still underachieving the playoffs. He's allergic to greatness in the playoffs. Just saying. And also, before we move on to the Mavericks and Sun Series, it's noted once again that role players do play much better at home. So, all those shots that Danny Green was missing, George Niang, uh, Court Miles was missing in the corner in the games one and two, don't really expect them to miss that much in game three. So, we're going to have to deal with that part of the, the game that they have, but we have to make sure that we are all on our game. That's the biggest thing. Make sure we're playing our game, and I think we should be fine. So, I'm calling the Heat to win game three. I think Kroge agrees with me, too. Let's move on. Suns and Mavericks. All right, down 2-0 going back to Dallas. A series that I thought would be much different heading back to Dallas has not turned out the way I, I expected. You know, we have the Suns who are playing some great basketball. Dallas Mavericks, it all comes down to them not getting enough defensive stops and also the likes of them not having enough scoring talent around Luka to help him in these big moments. We're still talking about this from years on going because it seems like every year it's just Luca and himself enjoying the party while everyone else is still at home just chilling, haven't got dressed yet, haven't got the car warmed up yet, hasn't really left the house yet, you know? So do the Mavericks have any chance of winning a game in Dallas? Because I'm now saying to myself, they're going to get swept in this series, if I'm being honest. Now, Eddie, you know, uh, coming to this series, um, I thought since the, the health of Devin Booker, I didn't know how his hamstring would be. Mm-hmm. And facing Dallas, a Luka team, I thought Dallas had an edge of series coming in. Mm-hmm. But when I see how Booker has looked these past two games, and game game two, he's definitely back. Game one, he's back. He looks like he's better than ever. And, and how Chris Paul is looking right now, just in how he's playing in the fourth quarter, Mr. Closure, point guy, he has been... He has he's 36, 37, and he looks like he's 27. He is on a different beat. And this Suns team's on a mission. These they're playing so great right now. They're playing to great together. I, like they're playing great. The whole team is playing good. And so I feel like Dallas Mavericks, this series is a bad matchup for them. I feel like because you got Luca. Luca gonna get his regardless. But I feel like we're playing with Luka, he's so ball dominant. Sometimes I feel like that gets his, his teammates out of rhythm because all they doing, he is dribble, 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 pass, last minute, three. Like, his players are not in rhythm. And then you see when Brunson versus the, uh, the, uh, the Jazz, when Brunson, he had the ball in his hand, he was very effective. He dropped 41 points one game, 31 points another game. You know, he stepped up. And now with Luka, he's so ball dominant. I feel like that's taking away from Brunson's game. And to be honest, I'm going to say this right now. 
Mark Cuban got all the money in the world. He's a billionaire. He's very wealthy. I'm going to say this, though. You got all that money, man. You need to invest into another superstar. You need to trade. Trade. Either keep Bronson or trade. Uh, trade. Um, forgot his name. He's hurt right now. His Tim dad Hardaway. played for the. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. Trade Tim Hardaway Jr. And um, maybe trade somebody else for Donovan Mitchell. Like, you got to trade some players. They're the superstar. I thought. The Dallas Mavericks should go for Donovan Mitchell to, put, to play alongside Luka Doncic. Because the reason why I say Mitchell, because Donovan Mitchell, he can play off and on the ball. And he can make perimeter shots. And he's a guy that can average 25-plus points a night playing with Luka Doncic. I feel like they should do it. They're in the Western Conference. Donovan Mitchell's not happy in Utah. Lost in the first round. Every single year, they come up short. And you know in Utah, somebody has to go. Go Bear or Mitchell. You would get more back from Mitchell. So I feel like they should trade for Donovan Mitchell, the Dallas Mavericks. Mark Cuban, spend that bread. Luka Doncic, make the phone call because, hey, they don't have enough. He needs a superstar to play alongside him. When I think about the Western Conference right now and next year, people forgetting this, Eddie, next year, the Western Conference is going to be even tougher. Why, Chris? Why is that? Because guess what? Kawhi be back and PG back with the Clippers. Then Jamal Murray be back. Michael Porter Jr. be back. Then Golden State, Klay Thompson, he'll have a, a summer to build his body like far to train. He'll be better next year. Golden State, pool getting better. Steph Curry. Okay. Then you have teams like the... Uh, uh, you have uh, the Pelicans on the rise. Zombie back. So you have a, and then the Grizzlies. They are a young, feisty team. So next year, the West gonna be even tougher. They all have superstars to play alongside them besides the Grizzlies, but they have a great depth. Luka Doncic needs a superstar to play alongside him, and Donovan Mitchell. He's not gonna win in Utah. Why stay there? Separate them. Split it up. Rebuild. It's not going to work. So I feel like they're going to make the phone call either on Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard. Something got to shake, man. Seriously. So so I think about your point about Jalen Brunson not getting into the series. And I actually think, I think it's a great point, to be honest, because I, I just wonder where he's been so far. But then I think back to what you said before about Luka being so ball dominant. He's not getting his touches that he thought he would get in this series. And, you know, when you don't get that touches, now you're out of rhythm, you're not playing the best, you do get the ball, and you have maybe about five seconds to shoot and create. You don't have the best opportunity to do that for yourself. So I can see why he's not playing the best. I still think he should be playing better, but I, I can see why now. That's a good point. Um, but also, going back into your point about Donovan Mitchell, do you think it'll work? I don't know. Man, bro. I, I see both of them as dominant ball guards anyway. And does Donovan Mitchell like to pass the ball sometimes? Not really. Luca, does he like to pass the ball? Yeah, he does. But it's more of a slow pace, control, use the pick and roll, see who's open, and then pass the ball to his corner three-pointers and Max Kleber, Tim Hardaway when he was healthy, Jalen Brunson, you know, those kind of guys. But I could see him working off ball. I could see him trying to fit within the system. But then he has to really, really try and – you know, take his steps of what he did in Utah and utilize them to forming a new different type of player, 
uh, when he's in Dallas, if that were to happen. Because, you know, both of them are guys who don't like to pass the ball, who like to have the ball in their hands, who like to dribble up the court, initiate offense. So one of them is going to be a, a guy who takes a step back, and it's not going to be Luka. So, <laughs> hey, man, I know, feel like this, I though, mean, you know, um, I've seen Mitchell. Of course, he's ball dominant, but I've seen him play off the ball and make plays happen because Mike Conley was the point guard, and Mitchell played the two guards. So, so I feel like that could work. But I will say this, though. I feel like Luka going to have to – he's Luka Doncic, yes, but he's going to have to add to his game, meaning – He's got to learn how to stop being so ball dominant and learning how to play with others better around him and keep his players involved in the game. It's part of great players. You have to learn how to play with your teammates and to keep them involved so they can stay in rhythm and, and also at the same time still get yours because Luke's a great player. But when, when I see him just dribbling, dribbling, step back three, and the shot clock is going down, last minute Luke passed the ball to them. They're out of rhythm. They're out of sync. And so, some got to give. I and mean, you got to do something this offseason because they're not winning this series. This series over in five games or a sweep. Five games at most. I think, respect to Luka, he'll give you one game. Yes, he ain't getting swept. He's too great to get swept. But I will say this, though. He'll, they ain't winning. This series ain't going past five. Because if they win one game in Dallas, you're not winning in the desert in the Phoenix. In the valley, it's not gonna happen. It's not, and how and how the sun's looking right now. And and Luca ain't gonna lie, bro. Can this man play defense? My God, Chris <laughs> Paul, Devin, Devin Booker, like t- like Eddie. Seriously, watching these two games, it's either a three dunk, layup, mid range shot. And I mean, they prep open shots. They get to the rim so easy. I'm like, bro, can y'all play defense? Like, they score so easy. Paul, Book, uh, Crowder, Aiden, Payne, uh, Bridges. I'm like, they score so easy. Like, dude, can, can y'all please make them work? Yeah. My God. Like, they're scoring so easy. It's like it's a college team they're playing. Like, like, the, like the, they're the scoring, but it's like y'all can't stop nobody. They can't stop nobody off the sun. It's like. It's like Chris Paul, he going where he want to go, when he want to go. Like, you got to take something away. Take something away. And That's true. I, I'm going to say this, though. Game three, Dallas got to be, 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 be more physical. And I think you got to send a message. You got to, like, give somebody a hard foul. Not to hurt them, but to send a message, hey, we here. Like, you got to do something, bro. Because they just going to the lane. Like, it's just so easy for them. Something has got to be sent. You got to get somebody a hard file. Get a flagrant one. Whatever. Sometimes you got to send a message. You got to get your team like rallied up. Something. All I'm saying. Because right now, this series is over. Hmm. It's over. It is over. It's over like Vince Carter said in the Slam Dunk Contest 2000. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's done. And it's so it's so disappointing sometimes because you look at the way Dallas was playing defense in the regular season as a team, and they were pretty stout. You know, one of the best teams in the league defensively. And I was expecting that same kind of energy to be there in the series that they would need to have because you don't you can't really outscore the Suns in this series without 
having a second or third option behind Luka. And right now you don't have a second option, to be honest. I mean, the second leader scorer last game was Reggie Bullock. It says a lot about that game. So they're playing terribly on defense, and they can't get no stops. It's a mismatch problem. It's pretty much what it is, a mismatch problem. They had their way against the Utah Jazz because the Jazz couldn't have anybody stop their guards. So it was basically like a, a scoring affair here and there, but the Dallas defense was much better than it was compared to this series. And you look at them right now, they can't outscore the likes of Chris Paul, who we'll talk about later on. Can't score, uh, outscore Devin Booker. You can't even put a body on Jay Crowder. He had three threes last game. And, you know, he's a three-point shooter, but he's very streaky. Right, he's very now, streaky. I was wondering, like, how do you want to let a guy like him beat you like that? I mean, you would want him to beat you because you don't want Devin Booker or Chris Paul to beat you. But to let him beat you like that, though, Man, that's not it's, what I want to see. It's, an, it's laughable. It's embarrassing because they can't defend. They can't defend. Like, it's like they're just, I don't know. They're horrible defensively, but, like, some got to give. But even if they don't go for Donovan Mitchell, like, you got to go for somebody that's all season to play along with Luka because eventually, like, I ain't going to lie, like, which player, like, do you think would be a good fit for Luka? Because some, it's got to be somebody that can play off the ball that's not very ball dominant maybe to a degree or somebody definitely somebody that can shoot the ball from the perimeter which superstar or star player do you think will play good with luca i mean we've been mentioning this guy for a minute now bradley bill to me has been the perfect fit for any team for any superstar team to be honest because he's a guy that can get his own points he's a guy that can run off the ball he's an efficient three-point shooter he's a guy who can stretch the floor a very great perimeter shooter I mean, why can't you play with any team in, in either the West or, or East, to be honest? And he would be a great fit for Luka, a great fit. That you know, would and be. You would have, if you somehow, some way, find a way to keep Jalen Brunson, which you probably won't because he's going to be a free agent. They make good. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some team probably offer him a, like some, like, Mac, yep. not more Mac more dollars, money. but more money than Dallas paying him. But, if you know, Dallas can pay him something or match it, he may could stay. You know, I mean, you know. I, I like Tim Hardaway Jr., but getting a player like that, you probably got to trade him. I mean, yeah. simple. It's just part of the game. You know, and we'll see what happens in the future, but I think some stars are emerging, right? Like Dante Murray in the future, he might be a guy that we could say, okay, he could be a nice second option for any good team. And you see what he's been doing so far with the Spurs. He could be that second option for Luka in the future. You never know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. But it, it, you just have to see what's going to happen, to be honest. Right now, they're not getting any production from Jalen Brunson, not getting any production from Spencer Dinwiddie, it's not looking too good for the Mavericks right now. But talk to me about Chris Paul and his role in the fourth quarter because so far in the Pelican series, in this series, he's closed out games multiple times. Not me personally, I knew he could do it. We all know that he could do that. But I thought that his role would be more so um, getting the team to play some great basketball and getting the team to play um, efficient basketball in the fourth to make sure that we have a good chance of winning, which he has done in the past. But so far, he's been taking a lot of shots, making a lot of shots off the screen, easy jumper because no one is stepping up to guard him on that. So how how far do you think Chris Paul is going to take them for this uh, Western Conference playoffs this year? Like, do you see him actually getting back to the finals? They can definitely get back to the finals and win it. Mm, like, seriously. They can definitely, not saying they're going to do it, but they can definitely do it. They're their ceiling. Their ceiling is the championship, and they can win it, like seriously. And I'm going to say this right now. So far, these playoffs, out of all the players and all the teams, 
I think these playoffs, Chris Paul has had the best playoffs so far. Because, really? like, well, one of the best playoffs. One of the best playoffs. One of the best players in the playoffs. Because he's been so efficient. Dude, the guy had a, he had a game when he shot 14 to 14. Didn't miss a shot in the entire game. Yep. Like, he's had big games. Like, he stepped up. He's the fourth quarter. He's He's taking over the game. Him, Devin Book, the Suns team. But but I feel like the Phoenix Suns, they can win it all this year. They're very confident because last year they got that bad taste in their mouth, being up 2-0, losing a four-straight game to the Bucks. So, so I feel like they can win it all this year, Um, you know, just depending on the matchups. Now, I feel like their biggest test, if they win this next series, this series is Golden State. I feel like because Golden State – they can shoot with them. They can score with them. Mm-hmm. And Golden State, they can defend too as well. And then, and, then, and then you got a guy that's really been his kryptonite for the past couple of years in Stephen Curry. That's one guy that's been Chris Paul kryptonite. I call it how I see it. I don't know what it is. Most of the time when he plays Steph Curry, Steph Curry always comes out on top get the last laugh. He just get out of his skin, you know. I remember in even in Celebrity Jeopardy, whatever, on Steve Harvey's show, Celebrities. Oh, it was Chris Paul versus the Currys. Curry still won. He still won. I'm being honest. That's been his kryptonite, Stephen Curry. So, to me, me be honest, their two biggest hurdles would it be the Warriors and if they face the Milwaukee Bucks team again? Because they will have nobody that they can stop Giannis. Nobody can stop them. They'll be the guy. And you have a militant back by then. That's if they get making that far. But the two biggest hurdles will be the Golden State Warriors and the Bucks. And I say the Warriors again. You got shooters everywhere. You got Poole. You got Clay. You got uh you got Wiggins. You got guys that can match them. So, and Stephen Curry, he's been his kryptonite for the past couple of years. Since so he was in the Clippers, then with the, then with the Rockets, and so he's been his kryptonite. So, uh, those will be your two biggest hurdles, you know, because, like, if, like, but I picked Golden State to win the West, but I could be wrong because the Phoenix Suns could win the West. Um, I feel like the Grizzlies, like I said, they're – they're inexperienced, too young. I don't think they'll do it this year. Maybe next year, but this year, no. Um, but like I said, um, I feel like the Suns can't win it all this year. They have the ceiling of going to the finals and winning. Will, will that happen? I don't know. But they have a really good chance. And how Chris Paul's looking in the Suns team looking, they're looking like a team that's definitely just trying to get back to the finals. But they're definitely a lock. To win this series and going to the conference final as far as the Western Conference. Playing whoever, Golden State or the Grizzlies. All right. I mean, yeah, definitely a lot for me, too. I'm calling the sweep right now, but we're both calling Game 3 win easily for the Suns on the road. All right. What a great, great episode for Game Breakers. My guy, Chris Day, came back on with a bang. Yo, Chris J, what a show, man. What a time to be alive, man. <laughs> Yeah, man, always a time to be alive. Always a time to, you know, come on a game break with my guy Eddie and Will, you know, when he's here. Man, talk about, you know, sports and what's going on right now. Just glad to be glad to be on the show once again. Glad for the invite, man. I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, definitely been a great guy since since we did I definitely met, you know what I'm saying? Cool cat, knows the sports, 
Noses, Jets. Oh, yeah, man. And your Jets did have a really good draft, just saying. You know? Woo, boy. Don't get me started, man. We're about to end the show. Come on, man. Don't get me started. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, they had a really good draft, man. He's crazy. Like, some of the picks you said, you were dead on the money. You dead on the money. So, uh, yeah, man, you know your Jets, man. You know your, I know your predictions, man. And I feel like year down the line, man, they, they need to have Eddie, my man, Eddie, you know, on the, on draft day talking about the players, man, because you know your stuff, man. That's what I'm saying, man. Hopefully down the future we'll get there, man. We'll get there. The grind doesn't stop, you know? Oh, yeah, man. The grind don't never stop. The grind... Of the grind never stops. It only stops when you stop. And then when when I stop, I'll be dead. And that's <laughs> and other than that, I ain't stopping. So hopefully, that's a long time from now. Very long time from now. Hopefully, I'm praying. I pray to God for a long life and great health, and to make all my reality come to all my goals come to reality. But the minute I stop, and the minute I'll be breathing, I stop breathing because I'll be dead and seated under the ground. All right. I love that too. I love that too. Hey, you know, where can the people find you out there? You know, my guy producers shut up and listen on, on Spotify and all of the listening platforms, but where can they find you uh, for, you know, the social media platforms? You know, they can find me um, definitely on Instagram, um, too smooth underscore Chris, you know, and then my shut up listen page on Instagram. On Twitter, they can find me on CJ the Greatest. Um, I, Articles be on there, my content and my work, and my TikTok will always post my 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 videos, my um my articles on TikTok. C C J Jordan underscore two on TikTok, and you know um I'm always putting out podcast episodes on Spotify and for iPhone users, the podcast app for iPhone users, check it out. The show is the podcast with your the Chris J. Out of sports and love me back. So people just, you know, tune in, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, drop content, good content, man, drop heat. And I also bring, um, I also bring athletes on my show, like towards, you know, just sports, high school athletes, college athletes that really got a journey and a story behind their success in the sports world. So I got a lot going on, man. So just trying to just keep uh, getting better at my craft, uh, Mr. Eddie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Guys, you know what he said, man. Make sure you support my boy, Chris J. The guy works hard. I see it. You know, you all see it. And, you know, the grind doesn't stop. Same old thing. The grind does not stop. But anyways, yo, support MBS crew over there. Read all the articles, watch all the, the shows, and listen to all the podcasts, including Game Breakers. Man, we'll be back once again for some more playoff coverage. Yo, it's your boy Edwin and Chris J. We are out. Peace. Yes, sir.